0: Welcome to Babbittville Radio, a place where you'll hear great conversations with the world's best and most inspirational runners, triathletes, and cyclists. Endurance lives here. Now, here's your host, USA Triathlon and Ironman Triathlon Hall of Famer Bob Babbitt.
1: Welcome to Babbittville Radio. My name is Bob Babbitt. We're brought to you by You Can Smarter Energy to Finish Stronger by VeloFix, the f- coolest mobile bike shop. By PTO, the Pro Triathletes Organization, uniting the pros for a better tomorrow. By Form Goggles, and by Normatech. We're also sponsored by the Challenge Athletes Foundation, challengeathletes.org, We just sent out 3,921 grants, totaling $5.9 million to keep challenged athletes in the game alive through sport. Check out any of our interviews, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Babbaville.com, any of your favorite podcasts, apps as always. Endurance lives here. Our next guest, a longtime friend, a longtime competitor in the world of triathlon, has kicked my butt way more than I've ever beaten him. His name is Gerjan Dursen Gerjan, how you doing, bud? I'm doing fantastic. So, Gerjan, first of all, uh, take me back a little bit. Uh, when did you get into this crazy sport of triathlon?
0: Wow, you're you're t- taking me back quite a bit here, Bob. I got into it in uh, sometime in 1984.
1: Well, that's when the earth was still cooling, Gershon. That was a long time ago.
0: That's a long time <laughs> ago. And a uh, classic race. My, uh, my first one was one of the LA triathlon series races at Benelli Park.
1: And what was it about this sport? Had you, what were your sports before that? And what was it about triathlon that attracted you?
0: Well, I had started out as a competitive swimmer when I was ten years old and swam for years, and then uh, got into track and field and uh, did better at track and field than I did in swimming. Uh, ended up being a state champion and El- in Illinois and um, loved track and field, and um, then came back out to California when i was where I was born. And, uh, right there in Huntington beach, I'm a, I'm a lifeguard at, uh, Huntington city beach. And, you know, the next step is to get on a bike, which I didn't do for years. And until my son at 12 years old challenged me to do a triathlon. And so I got my bike out and, uh, we went and did our first ones. That was it. I so your,
1: it. your son got you into it.
0: My son was the first one in the family at 12 years old, my son Michael. Yeah. And uh, uh, he did three before he talked me into it. So you're one of those guys, when you go in on
1: something, you don't go halfway. Because you became president of Tri Club of San Diego, uh, in, in team and team in training, became one of the, the best guys in terms of getting people ready for their first triathlons. Uh, talk a little bit about... Immersing yourself in the sport, going from just sort of a recreational guy to making it a huge part of your life.
0: Well, you know, first thing is, of course, is that when I did my first one, I I just got that feeling like, what was I waiting so long for? This is fantastic. This is fun. Swim a little, bike a little, run a little, and you know, I was already a physical guy, and I was teaching PE and. Uh, it just fit in with the lifestyle and felt fantastic. And, you know, the, you you have to have a love for getting out there and doing those three sports. And uh, that just fit right in there. And, you know, there's medical terminology for some of this stuff, obsessive, compulsive, or any of those things like some of us, uh-huh. perhaps. Yep. But, uh, you know, when you love it and you're having fun, doesn't seem like it to me.
1: Best race ever.
0: Oh my gosh, you know Bob, that is such a great question. And I'll tell you the one that is was most important to me mm-hmm. was Pismo Beach back in early 90s. And the reason it was important to me because my two kids went up there with me to do it and my dad who lived in uh Pismo Beach and taught at Cal Poly came and watched us do that race and for the whole family to be together for that was just it was such a wonderful thing
1: that's so cool
0: and you
1: got connected with the lava man triathlon years and years ago over on uh over on the big island and Jerry Rot has started that event what was it about that event that i mean cuz it wasn't just going over there you were also training people through team and training and uh, what was it about that event that that was so special for you
0: it, everything about it was special when, when we first went over there which i think was in 2000 the race was a couple of years old and that year i think um there was all, only 180 finishers it was a small small race and everything felt so local and you know i went over there with some team and training folks and um the water was 77 degrees there were sea turtles swimming in A Bay there with you while you're doing the race. And
1: we we're riding
0: out on the Queen K, the Iron Man Queen K. Yep. And then running through this beautiful resort and finishing up over coral and lava through the sand in this beautiful bay. What's not to love about it? And then having a band playing with Scott Tinley coming out of the water and jumping up on stage and grabbing a guitar and playing with the band while we drink Kona beer. <laughs>
1: How many people did you help train for that event? Well, over the years, I
0: think um pretty close to 1000.
1: Wow. And what do you yeah. got what do you think those guys raised for team and training?
0: Well, uh, I I got a total of that when I retired from from team and training, from coaching after 37 programs. And they said that they had raised around $10 million for leukemia research.
1: Wow. (laughs) And, And when did you become president of Tri Club?
0: You know, that was maybe 1989, right around there, late 80s, early 90s. Um, I was president the first time and then uh, gave that up to some other wonderful people who stood up and volunteered for that and then came back in the late 1990s and took it over again for a couple years before I found my replacement, which was Jim McCann, absolutely legendary president of the Tri Club.
1: What was it about the Tri Club that, that spoke to you? I mean, obviously, you're a guy who... Who likes to race and help other people? Uh, but, you know, that, that's a lot. That's a big investment of time with really no pay when you're running a, a tri club.
0: Oh, my gosh. If you're a president, we get the old presidents get together every now and then and ha- drink some beer and eat some pizza and laugh about the days we were president. And um, it's a trip being president, being a member of it is just a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, it's having some people and finding some people in your, in your speed and energy level that you enjoy. And that's one of the biggest things about it. it is there's a bunch of people there to choose from, and you can find some good friends and workout partners that, beyond anything else, when you're slacking off, they'll help keep you up.
1: So talk a little bit about when you first injured your your leg because you've gone through hell dealing with uh dealing with your legs.
0: Yeah, Bob, you know, it goes back to, you know, when I was a young kid and my dad was a renaissance man. He was a he was a L.A. County lifeguard and early surfer, surfed with Duke Kaman- and, um But he said to me when I was about seven years old, he says, son, if you're not bleeding, you're not having fun. And I took that to heart. And so I liked rough fun. And um, I was trying to qualify for Ironman. This was in 1995, 96. And um, I realized that I had to really pick up my running, even mm-hmm. though I was a good runner. And, um, and some of these guys were just beating me out of the spots and qualifiers. And so I got together with some ultra runners and entered into a, uh, underground, no entry fee, no t-shirt, no insurance, no permits race from the town of Lone Pine to the top of Mount Whitney, 48 miles round trip. And, an incredible day beautiful day was doing that hadn't seen anybody for uh maybe two three hours and on the way back down at twelve thousand feet i missed a turn and went over the edge and dropped down about eight feet fell in a crevice and drove my leg bone through my ankle bone oh
1: oh my god now did you have how many operations did you deal with with that
0: i had nine surgeries on that ankle And I'll tell you, Bob, you know, it's like you have surgery, something's wrong. You're injured and you think, oh, I'm going to, I got to have surgery. It'll be better and I'll be out of pain. Right. I had great surgeons. And, uh, but it always went downhill. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse until finally this year, I just uh, could not take it anymore. Could not stand the thought of another surgery not working. And, talking to my doctor and to my fiance Alice uh, decided to have it amputated and I am so glad I did. I feel like that's a different path and I'm on that one joyfully.
1: How long did you struggle with that leg before you had the amputation? From 1996 until this year. Oh my god. And so you had it amputated and how old are you now? I'm I'm 74. 74 years old, and the doctors tell you, listen, at this point, you just deal with it? Or were people encouraging you to have it
0: amputated? Well, you know, the doctors always laid it out. I had three doctors do surgery on this thing, Mm -hmm. and all great doctors over at Scripps Torrey Pines, and um, they all laid it out as an option. And uh, they put it on the table, we talked about it, and I always decided, okay, let's see if we can make it better. Let's see if we can rescue this foot and ankle. And um, they tried. They gave it their all. And finally, you know, we're talking about it. The last surgery that I had before amputation was in December 1999, or 2019, and it just, I could tell right off the bat that it wasn't working. And so we started Discussing the whole amputation situation and how that was a big change, and uh, finally I got to the point where I just said, "Let's take it off." I I, I got to change paths, and the doctor said, "Okay," but they just co- closed all the hospitals because of this COVID nineteen. Oh, and so okay. I had to. I had to wait another month and a half before he could talk them into doing the operation at the hospital, at Green Hospital.
1: Man, and when you, it's funny because I had people tell me that they don't really realize how much pain they're in until the pain is gone. Was it one of those things that after you had it amputated uh, that the pain that you were dealing with
0: disappeared or did it take a while? I'll tell you right now that uh, people talk about phantom pain after uh, after amputations, yeah. and there's a bit of that. But I, but the pain that I had in my foot and ankle is, it's gone. I'm dealing with surgery pain from the amputation, but that's getting less and less. And um, it's, it's definitely a positive move to get rid of that area that is, Uh, just been causing you to sleepless nights for years and taking uh, painkillers of all different types. And uh, it's it's not a way to live.
1: So as a guy who had been connected with what we do at Challenge Athletes Foundation for so many years and knowing Rudy and and McLaren and so many of our guys, how helpful was that to you to make this decision? Because you'd seen these guys... You know, running marathons and running by you in races, so you knew that you know, maybe a prosthetic is not a bad idea.
0: Well, you know, I tell you, most of it happened not at not necessarily at races, though I've been at plenty. Everything from the calf race in La Jolla to Kona Ironman, and seen and talked with male and female amputees. But most of most of the inspiration I got was sitting around having a beer with these folks and talking about it and hearing their stories about it and what they had gone through and how happy they were to have done their amputation and to have gotten a prosthetic and to have continued with their athletics or even started athletics. And they so inspired me with their attitude and their... uh, their confidence that what the decision they had made was the right one so you are working
1: with peter harsh who i consider one of the best prosthetists on the planet and his you've been with him a couple of times now what what are your impressions so far
0: well you know he he's the he and randall um uh, his assistant who works with him are just wonderful in terms of what they're doing for me. And the big part of it is, Peter has been a triathlete for years. I didn't know him before this, but we've done a whole bunch of races together. And we walk in there and we first start, you know, telling lies and shooting the shit and talking about, you know, all the races we've done together. And that's really makes everything fun there, even though it is work. And the other thing, and, you know, I've coached. Triathlon for years. I coached for 30 years, and I also taught PE in high school and college. And I I understand biomechanics, and these guys talk the same language that I do. When we talk about the anterior tibialis and what that does, we both understand it, and it's it's really a neat approach to you know do it from. A understanding of how the body works how that leg works and what it's going to do interacting with the prosthetic great guys and they're so knowledgeable it's incredible
1: so is the goal to do Lava Man next year
0: the goal is to do Lava Man next year 2021 late March that's it
1: with a prosthetic leg
0: with a prosthetic leg absolutely
1: I bet you'll be faster
0: Oh uh, Well, I'll darn well, be faster than I was the last couple times I did it when I was hobbling along, just dragging that foot and ankle around, and uh, I think I'll go like the wind.
1: <laughs> I always tell people, people say, well, you, why do you do this silly sport of triathlon? I'm like, well, you know what? It's one of those sports you can do forever. I always call it the fountain of youth. Like you said, you're 73, you'll be 74, and you know that if you get in, get in the shape you want to get in, Uh, adapt to the leg the way you want to adapt, you can probably go close to uh, as fast as you did when you were younger.
0: Absolutely. You know, I mean, one of the people who really opened my eyes, you know, was Jim Jim McLaren doing uh, Kona.
1: 1042.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's mind-blowing. That totally blew my mind.
1: And that was with a walking leg, not a, you know, A a high end prosthetic like I use now.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So cool. Hey, Kersan, I'm glad you're back in the game, buddy. This is uh, this is gonna be cool. Oh, the other thing I want to ask you about: you've been you bought property over on the Big Island. What's it like living on the Big Island?
0: It is. It's like being Robinson Crusoe in paradise. (laughs) I live six miles up the mountain from the Kailua pier where Iron Man starts and it is 60 inches of rain. It's wild pigs running through your place. I have these weeds that, that are all over the place called avocados and they drop them on your driveway and road. And it's, it's absolutely beautiful. The sunsets are incredible and, um, i i love it over there i'm i'm waiting to get this leg all ready healed up and then head back over there and get farming i grow 20 different citrus trees and coffee and um you know like i say i have avocados for weeds and wild chickens chicken eggs um it's beautiful and a nice house so um uh I think it's a wonderful place. And um when you come over, and I'm hoping, are you coming over for uh Lava Man, Bob?
1: Oh, you I would I wouldn't miss it. If you're racing, I'm Good. racing.
0: Good deal. Well I'll have you come up and visit me up there.
1: I love it. Hey Gurjan, I'm so excited that you're working with Peter because you're in great hands. He, he's the absolute best and I'm gonna be and watching your journey is gonna be really fun. Uh, all the connecting points between team and training and challenge athletes foundation and Tri club of san diego and now with peter harsh and then lava man just there there's the stars are aligned my man there's going to be some greatness that's going to come out of this
0: well you know bob it's an incredible thing we've known each other for a long time and we truly have been blessed by magic you know this whole triathlon world has been a magic magic adventure absolutely
1: Gurjan Derson has been our guest again. My name is Bob Babbitt. We're brought to you by you Can Smarter Energy to Finish Stronger by VeloFix, the world's coolest mobile bike shop by the PTO, Pro Athletes Organization, Uniting the Pros for a Better Tomorrow, by Form Goggles and Normatech, and by our Challenge Athletes Foundation. We just sent out 3,921 grants, totaling $5.9 million. Keep Challenged Athletes in the game alive through sport. Check out any of our interviews, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Babbittville.com, any of your favorite podcast apps, As always, endurance lives here.